Good morning. Grace and peace to you. Let there be light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Right? That, is that third verse in that song new, Don? Yes, I love that third verse. Out of uh, 2 Corinthians, I believe. We might have a lesson on that. Where it's the light of Jesus that shines through us. He's not here anymore, you know. He's not. We, we've got him in here. And we've got the Holy Spirit in us. We are the light of the world. So when we sing that song, what are we singing? That Jesus shined through us. Through us. All are welcome. Nobody's perfect. Everything is possible. Some of you are getting it. All right. Let's turn to John 18, part two of two-part series, Buy Truth and Do Not Sell. Let's read this again. Uh, we read this last time as by way of introduction, John 18, 36. Jesus standing before Pilate. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. Gee, it sounds like we're studying our gospel story this morning in Bible class, right? If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting, so I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? We saw last time, you know, Pilate's question is a legitimate question. It may be the greatest question that anybody could ever ask. What is truth? It is uh, a question that is still with us today as people grapple with that question, what is truth? And last time we, we went through three aspects of this question, what is truth? Understanding that it is that which conforms with reality, whether material, in the abstract, or that which is unseen. And we looked at where truth can be found, and we understood that truth originated with God and can be found uh, in the creation, was found in Jesus Christ when he was on the earth, and is found in the Holy Scriptures, all these things being revealed there. And then briefly, we looked at what happens when people disregard the truth, and we saw that it was just bad stuff of all kinds, when truth is ignored. So today, we want to look at two questions, try to answer them, at least in part. What makes truth so valuable? Why is it in Proverbs 23, 23, it says, buy truth and do not sell it? As we uh, said last time, that's for those of you who are into the stock market, 
That is the stock to buy, truth. Its value will always go up. It will never go down. It will never disappoint you. Do not sell it once you buy it, once you find it. And then our second question is, what should be our response to the truth once we find it? What should we do with it? With that being said, let's look at the first question. Go to John 16, and we'll start with verse 7. What makes truth so valuable? Why does the, the wise man say, once you get it, don't sell it? Well, as we said, it do, it's that which puts us in touch with the realities of life, the way life really is. You know, there are so many people leading lives of delusion and myths and fairy tales. They'd never say that, but they really are. They don't understand what life is about. Look at John 16 and 7, and we read part of this last time. But I tell you the truth, and Jesus is talking about as he's facing the cross, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. As we said, truth is what conforms to the reality of the world as God created it. God originated truth and he built truth into his world. Whether we're talking about the material things, and we discussed that last time about how things are made and how things are put together from down in the very minutest part of the cell or to the minutest part of the atom to out there in the cosmos. That's all God's truth. And it can, it's, it's consistent. And it lines up with his character and his nature. He could not create anything that did not conform with his nature. That's impossible. It conforms with everything in the abstract when we're abstract reasoning about uh, things such as morality and so forth and ethics. God's truth sets the tone for what those things are. What is right? What is wrong? What is good? What is bad? God has established those things. Now, whether you accept them or not, that's up to you, but the truth still stands. And then the things that we don't see. You know, in particular, we think about spirits, we think about angels, we think about God himself. You don't believe in God? Well, that's up to you, but 
that does not negate the fact that God exists and he's there. Just because you don't believe in him doesn't change the truth. God has established the truth. Here in our reading, Jesus is going away. You know, he's going back to his father after the cross. But he's going to send the spirit of truth to guide them into all truth. Some of the things in particular he mentions that he will teach them about is sin. All right? He's going to expand on the concept of sin. And in particular, he says, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. You know, to not believe in Jesus is a sin. You know that? Do not believe that he is the son of God is a sin. He is the son of God. He is the savior of the world. And to not believe that is going to cause a person to lose their soul. And, you know, we can expand on that as well. Talking about, and concerning righteousness, I go to the Father, you no longer see me. Jesus was righteousness in the flesh, wasn't he? He lived a perfect life. And you read in the gospel, anything he did, he did was righteous. But he says, I'm not going to be here anymore. So the Holy Spirit is going to declare to you what is righteous. And we read that, you know, in the letters and in the rest of the, uh, what uh, the apostles wrote and uh, the other writers. What is righteous? What is right? What is the righteous life? How do we live? How do we conduct ourselves as husbands, as fathers, as wives, as mothers, as friends, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as, good, as workers? What, what is the right thing to do? The Holy Spirit brought that through the writers in the New Testament. And then concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. We were talking about him this morning in Bible class. The ruler of this world is Satan. And he was judged, and uh, he is being cast out. He's still around. But Jesus has shown his power over him, and his, his kingdom is going to be destroyed. And the kingdom of Christ is the one that will go on into eternity. That's the truth. So these things, the Holy Spirit's going to has disclosed, disclosed to us through the apostles and the other writers. He's going to give us things to come. Okay, uh, some of the um, what's going to happen in the future. The Book of Revelation comes to mind. We don't have time to dwell on all these things. He's going to disclose to them more things about Jesus or from Jesus, things of myself. He says, you know what. That's the meaning of the cross. You know, at this point, the cross hadn't even happened yet. And, you know, the disciples, when the cross happened and Jesus was killed, they thought it was over. But so it was through the Holy Spirit when he came later, in particular on Pentecost and then beyond, that he reveals to them everything that happened at the cross and what Jesus' death and resurrection was all about. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. And he was telling us the truth about Jesus and all those things. So, that, that's just a glimpse into truth puts us in touch with reality. Whatever, whatever aspect of, of life you want to talk about. Without that knowledge, we begin to follow falsehood, myths, and that which is not real. 
we don't have that knowledge, we follow something that's not true. We think that any God or any religion is okay. You know anybody like that? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. That's the truth. Some people don't believe that. They are not following the truth. You see? It's, it's pretty basic. It's pretty straightforward. Reading an article in the newspaper yesterday on the faith section in Wheeling and talking to Shirley about it. What a mishmash. Let's just get along. Let's just get together and all sing kumbaya and everything's okay. Jesus never said that. He says, I'm going to break up families. I'm going to cause trouble between people. Because some people will believe in me and some won't. We've got to get our spiritual backbone back, brothers and sisters, to proclaim the truth of the gospel. Only in Jesus Christ is a person saved. Nobody else. Life is all about being happy. You ever hear that one? Now, I know God gives us joy and helps us to rejoice, but, you know, if we're just looking for happiness and fun and pleasure, that's not life. God wants us to face up to difficulty. He wants, to, wants us to persevere through them. He wants us to grow spiritually. He wants us to, to, to fight the devil to endure temptations and to come through on the other side as better and more trusting in him. Yeah, there's, there's times of happiness, but life isn't just about being happy. There is no God. We, you know, people out there saying, running around with that. God won't condemn anyone. Everybody's going to be saved. You know, God is love. I just can't say he's going to condemn anybody. You haven't read too far in this book. Just believe. You ever hear that one? Just believe. That's all you got to do. You don't have to change your ways of living. You don't have to be part of the body of Christ. You don't have to tell anybody else the gospel. You don't have to help others. Just believe. Yeah, sure. Follow your heart. Shirley and I talk about this one all the time. Just follow your heart. You know, wherever your heart wants to lead you, it's got to be right. What's Jeremiah say? The heart is deceptive? It's deceptive? Romans chapter 7. And Paul says, that, you know, I'm doing things I know I shouldn't do. People living in a fantasy world. Truth puts us in touch with reality. That's why we have to know truth. Our second thought, and let's go to Colossians chapter 1. And in fact, uh, no, we're not going to touch on the reading already, but it's from Colossians 1. The gospel or the good news is part of God's truth. Colossians 1.4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, 
because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. The gospel tells us about the reality of God's salvation of the human race in this new kingdom of heaven that is ushering in through Christ Jesus. And he is, in fact, another king, as we read about in the book of Acts. He is the king, the king of kings and the, king and the Lord of lords, and he's over all. The gospel tells us about humanity's lostness, our sin, and our hopelessness without God. Some people have never heard the idea that they're lost, that they have no future. They've never heard that. But it's a fact. It's the truth. Without Christ, we're lost. The gospel tells that Jesus of Nazareth, his his being the Son of God and coming as a human being, his cross, his resurrection, and all that means. Why did that happen? The gospel of truth tells us why that all happened, why it was necessary, and it tells about the love of God in sending his Son. And then it also tells us about how to enter this kingdom and receive this salvation through faith, through repentance, through being baptized into Christ and living that life of faithfulness and service. It's all there. The good news is good news that we have a future in Christ Jesus, that God loves us. Along the same lines, turn to John 8. Truth brings us into the glorious freedom of of Christ, when we obey the gospel, when we believe in him, and we have died with him in the waters of baptism and resurrected again, we're in the freedom of Christ. John chapter 8, 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Falsehood can never make you free. A lie can never make you free. A half-truth can never make you free. Only the truth of God, the whole truth, can make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. It's the Son. It's Jesus Christ and only Him can make you free. We've uh, been on the work through this list before, but we'll give it to you briefly. And I've added a couple of things. Free from the snare and the power of the devil. Paul writes to Timothy about this. Primary because he is a a speaker of lies and deception. 
Jesus said uh, in John in another place, it was like he was saying that the devil can't even tell you the truth if he wanted to. He is so full of lies. But then he's got the world captured, you see. People are believing all this stuff out there, all these things. That's the deception of the devil. So when you have the truth, you're free from that. If you know the truth, it will make you free. Free from the guilt of sin. Forgiveness in Christ. You do not have to feel guilty in Christ. Your conscience should be clean. And you are, in fact, before God forgiven and free of the sin. So many Christians still carrying around a burden of feeling guilty. Well, if you are, you need to do something about that. You need to trust the blood of Jesus more. You need to pray. You need whatever it is you need to do, you need to deal with that. You're free in Christ. That's one of the great things about Christ Jesus. Free from the power of sin. We read about that in Romans, the rest of chapter 6. You don't have to be enslaved to sin. Through Christ, you have the power to conquer it and defeat it and kick it out of your life. You don't need to have that bad habit anymore, that addiction. That which troubles you and besets you, you can overcome it. That doesn't mean you're never going to sin again, but it is not going to hold you anymore in its power. You're free from it. We have to live our lives seeing death. Free from the fear of death. That doesn't mean you still wouldn't, you love, that you don't love your loved ones and you don't want to leave them. That's not meaning that. But you don't have to fear death because you know in Christ Jesus there is something on the other side and you will live again in a better place, much better place. Free from the fear of the second death. We read about in Revelation destruction of the body and soul. You will live in Christ Jesus. And you're free even now to live in peace and joy and hope. That's the way we should be living. Yeah, we have our troubles. Yeah, there's times of sadness and grief. But we should be at peace with God. We should be rejoicing in our salvation, rejoicing in our Savior. And we have hope for a future. We, we should have a smile on our heart as Christians. We should. Because we have the truth, we have the Savior, and we know where we're going. Yeah, there's some tough days. Yeah, there's some bad things. But, hey, we're on the way. We're on the journey. We know where we're going. So the truth is that which will make us free from these and other things. And the tr anything that is not the truth won't do that. John 17. Our next thought about the truth. Truth sanctifies and set a sets a person apart from the world for the service of God. John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. 
For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Okay? Sanctified, of course, here, you're set apart. You are different now from the world. In the world, but not of the world. You have different purpose, different hope, different Lord, different reason to live, different way of life, all these things. And it's the truth of God that sets us apart to do that. Jesus said he sanctified himself, even as he was here in the flesh, he was set apart to do God's service. He knew the truth. He never stepped out of the truth. He was the truth. And so he was set apart for God's service. That's how he was able to live that sin, sinless life. So we are cleansed of sin. We have the indwelling of the Spirit. We're in the kingdom of God. We're ready to grow and serve. Only the truth can do these things. I, I can't say it enough. Only the truth can do that. And so this is why the writer says, buy truth and do not sell it. Okay. Our next thought, our response to this, knowing these things about the truth, its great value and why we should uh, never sell it, as the writer says, what should be our response to the truth? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let me read this. Here he's talking about those who have wandered, uh, wandered from the truth, a, a mystery of lawlessness that's going to come and lead people away, uh, even within the church. And with all the deception, listen to these words, all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. What we need to do is to develop a love for the truth. We need to see how absolutely valuable it is. We have to love it. And when anything comes along that we see is not true, we have to reject it. We can't be attracted to it. We, we can't desire it. We have to love God's truth because it comes from God. So this love or passion for the truth will cause us to seek it out, as it says there, to believe it. We'll be studying the scriptures to learn about it to hold on to it whenever the devil attacks and life isn't going well and things are troubling us and we begin to you know, have the questions as we've said before about does God love me? Uh, is this what he wants for me? No, if we have a love for the truth and a love for God, we're not going to waver. We're not going to waver. And to appreciate, honor, and love God more knowing he is a God of truth. So we need to develop that love for the truth. Second thought. Let's go to 1 Timothy 2. When we come to that knowledge of the truth, we need to recognize it as such. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved 
and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now the footnote here in my Bible says that word knowledge means recognition. So many people read all kinds of things. So many people read the scriptures, but they don't recognize it as the truth of God. They don't. We need to have the heart that loves the truth and that will recognize and understand and come to this knowledge, wow, this is truth. This is how things really are. That's just an amazing realization. From time to time, and I've shared this with, with different people, you just step back and think about life, looking at the stars maybe or the, you know, the, the flowers or whatever, reflecting on God, and just let it sink in. Yes, it really is a God, and it's, he's the God of the Scripture. That's really true. Did you ever do that? That is so worthwhile. I think that's part of what's called meditation. It really fuels you up a little bit. So part of this process is searching the scriptures, studying to find the truth, getting rid of our presuppositions and our misconceptions and replacing them with the truth, having the love of the truth. And when we see, you know, this little thing that I used to hold on to and I thought was real is really not, that I'm ready to get rid of it and say, I, do that anymore, I'm going to believe that anymore. Recognizing truth for truth. In uh, 2 Timothy 3, 6, and 7, look how this played out here. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge or recognition of the truth. Study, 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 read, 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 but never recognize truth. What a sad situation. So sad. Truth is there. Truth is recognizable. Truth has, given, has been given to us by God. We need to recognize it, accept it, and live it. 1 Peter 1. I know I'm just a little bit over here this morning. I don't know what happened. 1 Peter 1.22. The next thing, we, when we, we have the love of the truth, we want to accept it as a truth, recognize it as a truth, and we want to obey it. We want to do what it says. 1 Peter 1.22. Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, Fervently love one another from the heart. You have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, to the living and enduring word of God, which is the word of truth. So here, Peter writing to his, uh, his readers, they've obeyed the truth. They purify themselves. That would be through their initial obedience to the gospel. A sincere love of the brethren, however, to love one another. We could go on and on about what the truth in Scripture tells us to do, how to live, the kind of person to be, the kind of thoughts to have, the kind of speech to have, and so forth and so on. 
I understand that's the truth and that's what God wants for me. I'm going to be willing to do that. And to change my life to line up with the truth. Not always easy to do. It takes a long time. We, we have to keep working at it. But that's what we do. Why? We love the truth and we love our God. And we know that that's what he wants for us. The last thought here. 2 Timothy 2.15. Mentioned it a couple times already. When we learn the truth, we obey it, we accept it, we want to teach it in its purity as it is the truth of God. 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. Some older translations have rightly dividing. I like accurately handling better because you can really mishandle the word of God. You go in there and grab a verse and you could just about teach anything you want to. You got to have the whole thing. How it all fits together. To rightly handle it. But the love of the truth. If you love the truth and you love God, you will not want to mishandle scripture. You will want to teach it in its purity, in its fullness, and in its wholeness. He has given this word to us, this truth for our good. Last thought from Deuteronomy 5. Keeping in continuing to think about teaching the truth and keeping it pure. Here Moses uh, recounting the law that was given to the Israelites. Uh, many commandments they had. And he says, So you shall observe to do just as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. And I thought about this, and I said, you know, truth does not take sides. Truth is its own side. Uh, you know, we can add our opinions, traditions, rationalizations, but these aren't truth. These aren't truth. Or we can leave out some of the word, because we don't, I don't particularly like that. That seems a little harsh. Then guess what? We're not teaching the truth. We're not. Don't depart. You know, some people tend to think, well, the stricter you make it and the harder you make it, the better it is. That, that means it's really good stuff. That's not true, is it? This tells me truth is right in the middle. Right down the middle. You can err by being too strict, and you can err by being too lenient. And that's where we've got to find where God is. Right there in the middle, not to the right hand, nor to the left. Okay, buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. Only the truth will make you free. Only the truth will help you be pleasing to God. Nothing else will. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I don't want to re-preach the lesson. Thank you for your patience this morning. If anybody wants to respond...
to Jesus this morning being the way, the truth, and the life. We can assist you with that, to obey the gospel in some way. Whether to rededicate your life or to initially be baptized. If you are a Christian and you uh, don't have that love of the truth, you've been dabbling in some other things, believing things that aren't in Scripture, you need to really change. You need to have that love for the truth and the desire to please God, to truly be free, that the truth will make you free in every way. If you need prayer this morning, we're here to assist you. Our brother Don leads us. Please come while we stand and sing.